What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. Hey, welcome back. Man, this conversation is going to be completely different than probably anything else that we've ever recorded. And I'm excited because, frankly, I love conversations. I love hearing about people's journeys, and I love hearing about how and where people got to where they got. I'm with Brett Fry. Uh, Brett has been one of my uh, coachees for what it's, I think it's been about two years now, maybe yeah, almost three years, two, two and a half years, somewhere in that ballpark. And I've watched Brett grow in phenomenal ways. He's had significant mindset shifts. He's grown as a leader. He's built out team leadership as far as within his own company. And you know what every what everybody always looks at is what was your revenue growth? What was the the changes as far as within the last two or three years? And while that's important, it's not the most important thing. And so here's the challenge. This is what we are working on. And I'm just going to be completely transparent with the audience and where we're at because I think this is important. I challenge Brett to start sharing his story. And so this is the first time that Brett's sharing his story. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. But if we do end up recording, this will be one for all time. (laughs) This will be for the ages. Because I think it's important, and this is the reason why this challenge is so important, is because inside of our stories, inside of our journeys, we have something that's going to resonate with another individual. And at the end of the day, if we can share our story and help just one other person learn something, if we can just help one other person grow a little bit, That makes our life and our journey worthwhile to a bigger extent than what the revenue goals were or the fact that you're building out a business or building up a business. Because it's that impact that we leave, that becomes our legacy. So welcome, Brett. Man, I love you. I appreciate you. I love the way this has been growing. So what we're going to do is first start out, and I want to hear a little bit about your story. And in that story is a little bit of your journey. So I want you to feel comfortable to share whatever it is that you want to share as far as that journey. So I'm going to turn the mic back over to you. Big, deep breath, man. Don't be nervous. We got this. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank, thanks, Tim. Uh, yeah. Tim's been my coach for a little over two years and the impact that, that you have had on my life, my family's life and our team's life that now trickles down to their families is people that you don't even know and will never know uh, most likely that you're impacting. So thank you, Tim. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, when I start thinking and processing my journey, um, it's been a, it's been a journey of maybe if I can put it into one sentence of a journey of maybe unbelief and having uh, a little bit of uh, self-doubt. And now that, I'm getting older and being able to reflect on this and be able to start 
pulling myself out of that self-doubt uh, is the most powerful thing that I've that I've ever been to able to lock into is now understanding that I do have worth and and power in my in my journey. So my journey obviously starts as a as a child, uh, and I want to go back that far because I just had an awesome childhood. Uh, very involved parents. Uh, I, if there was a sport, I either played it or uh, not professionally, but played it in in uh, organized sports. I loved organized sports. Dad was heavily involved with me uh, on travel teams, taking me all over the place. So for a child to have that type of hey, this is awesome. You're good at this. I believe in you to have that kind of support from my parents meant a lot at that age. Um, so I, I was always doing something. Uh, parents were really, always- Can I, I need to pause there because this is really interesting because you started out and you're saying about how inside of your journey, a lot of it was about the unbelief and a lot of self-doubt, but yet most of the time when we hear those challenges, we relate that back to a really challenging childhood where you didn't have the support, you didn't have people believing in you, but yet you're in a position. So maybe we'll talk about this. Maybe this is a path that we can go down. But from that perspective, you're saying that you had an extremely supportive childhood where your parents were there, they were present, they were all in with whatever it was that you were doing, but yet you still are struggling with those self-doubts. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited to find out a little bit about how this whole transition and how this process went, because I feel like we're conflict, almost like I'm talking to two different guys here in just a matter of five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think where the self self doubt comes a little bit after the um, younger ages here, um, mm. there was a impact, a very impactful um, thing that happened in my life, and I know a lot of people deal with this, but divorce. Uh, mm. My my parents got divorced when I was 15, I believe. Uh, so. I'm thankful I wasn't any younger because I was able to still have that really good childhood where parents are really involved. Um, but that in the teenage years, that's, that's tough years to, to be able to, to handle that because there's so many emotions um, that come along with that. I had to become uh, a man really fast, <laughs> 15 and some of the experiences that, you know, I had with my, had with my mom at the time being a support system mm -hmm. uh, being a little bit of the man of the house uh, right. that uh, that was that was challenging it was tough and then I think that's where some of the doubt and uh, not believing in yourself probably where that stems from because you start to question you know what's wrong with me and did I have a impact on this and I must not be I must not be good enough or, you know, those types of things. So does that answer your question there a little it bit? It does. It does. And it's going to be interesting to see how we go through it because what you're telling me, and I've done a little bit of study on this, and I'm sure that you're going to be able to relate. Uh, John Elridge is the one that wrote this book called Fathered by God. And inside of that, he talks about the different phases of a man. And sometimes as a man, we enter into a phase too soon. We're not quite ready for that. Mm -hmm. And at 15, this is exactly what you're talking about is you weren't quite ready to be able to take on all those responsibilities 
that were required of the man of the house kind of a thing. And so you stepped into it, which then created all of the doubts. So while you had an awesome 15 years, suddenly you're put into a position that is completely different than what you were expecting to have happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So keep going, keep telling the story. Cause that's, it's just, as far as clarity, I'll keep asking questions. And I love where you're going with this. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where the disbelief or the unbelief started. Uh, you know, I wasn't a great student in school. Uh, did not, I did not love school. I loved the social aspect and being around my friends and, and those types of things. But I, you know, I was a, a CD student, B in some, in some classes. Uh, but they say that the AB students work for the CD students. So that's what I was, I guess, going for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, did not do great in school. So, you know, uh, I went to a private school and there was a lot of pressure, just like, what do you mean you're not going to college? I knew that was never a path for me. So I never, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in, uh, you know, when you have teachers questioning uh, why you're not going to college, uh, that that seemed to be the only path that they thought was a good path. Uh, makes you have a lot of self-doubt. So I wasn't real confident in, you know, the future of myself uh, as far as what I'm going to do for a living. That really had, really had no clue. Um, but you know, as, as I went through my teenage years and dealt with the divorce and struggled in school a little bit, um, I started as, as I graduated high school, um, got out of high school, worked for my uncle right away. And then I think that's where the shift for me changed, where I started getting heavily involved in, in church. Um, and we started, I started going to a new church and I grew up very, in a very plain, plain background. Uh, so I don't feel like I really ever had a good grasp of what a relationship with, with God looked like. Um, and started going to this new church. It was soon after high school. And uh, I think that's where the mindset shift started changing. And I got around some um, business friends. They had businesses. I'm looking at these guys like, wow, and they make their own schedule like wouldn't that be neat and uh uh you know they're talking about money and not having a fear of money and uh not having a fear of uh of being i guess wealthy or uh not having a fear of being successful and wow what does that look like wow what could i do uh so had all these mentors you know really kind of cultivating me and challenging me and uh and I worked for my uncle out of high school and he was a very successful business guy and still is. And I always, always really admired business guys. It was always, even, even in my teenage years, my dad, my dad and mom, they, we had a Turkey farm and dad worked full-time jobs. So very, uh, not afraid to work around my house. <laughs> we were always workers. I really am thankful for that part that's been instilled in me. Um, but yeah, I had these mentors. Uh, really, they really encouraged me to think bigger and think about business. So I'm like, man, what? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> what could I do to uh, to have my own business? And someone mentioned, hey, do what you love. And so at the time, it, I'm I'm a I'm kind of a clean guy, a tidy person. So at the time, it was cleaning cars. Um, so I did a little bit of research, went to and did some uh, training in Pittsburgh 
on how to detail cars. And that's how, that's how my business today has, has started in, in the detailing car world. I did it mobile. I would come right to you and detail your cars. Um, so that's where the business journey for me started. And it's so, so interesting how, and this is where I think you had a pause. So I don't know if from 15, let's say about probably 18 or 19 is probably when you graduated from high school and you went right to work with your uncle around that 18, 19 age. And suddenly in those three to four years, you went from not having somebody that was training you to kind of taking that on yourself to all of a sudden now you had mentors that came back in and those mentors gave you the ability to shift your perspective. Cause you just said that you're just like, I was able to look at that and say, I wasn't afraid of money anymore or what the fact of being rich. And then I had a perspective on my time and the fact that I was able to schedule things. So like you said, you had a huge shift between one set of beliefs into the other. I think as far as for the audience, for people that are listening, that's a valuable lesson. Something that's key when you're looking at that, because no matter how old you are or what age you are, I mean, quite honestly, it's never too late <laughs> because you're looking yeah. at the fact that you really had a lot of things that were scrambled in your brain. And then all of a sudden coming out of it, you didn't follow what the world was telling you, society that was creating a lot of doubt. But then all of a sudden you found somebody that was a, a mentor, a business owner and said, nope, this is another path that you can take. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope, uh, I hope my dad doesn't listen to this, but this is a, this is a big point because uh, when I, a couple of days before I graduated, my dad said to me, and I can still remember this conversation, like it just happened. He's like, Brett, you get a, you get a job, you, you work there, you know, you, you put in your time and, and you basically retire. And I remember thinking like, that sounds like the worst life ever. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't want that path. I, I want to, I want to make something different for myself. Um, but I do. I, I need to share a secret on this one. I don't okay. mean to totally cut you off, but I got to share this. <laughs> My parents were exactly the same way. Uh, there was many, many times as I was opening businesses, I got one shut down. I went bankrupt. I had all kinds of challenges. And every time that there was a challenge, a shift or something, my dad would like, Hey, you just need to get a job. You just need to get a job. You just need to get a job. I'm like, dad, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not my core. You know, and same thing sounds like for you. It's just like, you just need to get a job. You just need to get a job. (laughs) I know for a fact that there's a lot of people that listen and a lot of people that have challenges exactly like that. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, and this is the conclusion of my story, is now I'm over 40. This wasn't until about three years ago that it happened. So 45-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. This last time when I dissolved my last business, my dad calls me up and he and it was the first time, this is over 40 years, it was first time he didn't tell me I had to go get a job. He said, I know you'll figure it out. You always do. And while that I, that's 40 years down the road, I don't know how old you are, Brett, or how old people are that are listening, but after 40 years, my dad finally said, now nah, you'll figure it out. And that to me was a huge confirmation because oh, yeah. he realized he realized where I was at and who I was and had learned more about me and, and what was going on. And so I took that as it was a sign of love. It was a sign like he didn't mean anything bad by what he was saying. And so I hear, I hear what you're saying about, I hope my dad doesn't listen, but at the same time, it's, it's how he was showing love to you. Right. And it's how a lot of the parents show they, they, they want the best. They just don't understand another way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a protecting, you know, they, they just want what's what's best for us and they don't want us to 
lose our rear ends being in this crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's this is there's no stability. That's what I've learned out of anything. There is no stability whether you get a job or you're a business owner, one or the other. So, all right. So you yep. stepped into this business as far as cleaning cars, and uh, you probably had no dreams or no imagination as far as where you're not 12 years in, right? Yeah, 15 years. Actually. 15 years. Yeah. Okay, so you're 15 yeah, years in. in uh, 2006. Okay, so you're 15 years in. I mean, would when you started, would you say that this is where you're going to end up? Ah, no way. I had just, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think uh, big enough back then. Uh, I, I wish I would have. My, my number one thing, looking back, is I should have thought bigger, quicker, and I still have sticky notes and posters hanging up of always think bigger. And I still am thinking too small. But yeah, I no, I. I thought way too small back then. Isn't that amazing? And I, I, I look at this from the perspective of the fact you didn't have the ability to think bigger Mm -hmm. because you only knew what you knew, right? You only knew the extent of your horizon. And so as you were looking at the business, because you grew up in a situation where you need to get a job, the pressure of society was telling you you need to go to college. How could you think bigger? Until somebody opened up that horizon and said, hey, we've got a bigger world out there than just your backyard. Yeah, my my capacity back then was only big enough to think to not actually have a job to, to create something on my own. So it was very just just creating something something on my own was was the max of my capacity back then. Um, I think my a lot of people think that way. A lot of people do. <laughs> I think my first my first sales goal was like sixty thousand or something that year for the year. Yeah, for the for the entire year. Um, But but you're not alone though. That's the thing, and this is what I think is so powerful about your story is you stepped into this thinking I need to make X amount of dollars because that's going to replace what I would normally make at a job. Yeah, two hundred bucks a day was like if I could just detail enough cars to make two hundred bucks a day, and man, if I do five cars a week, that's, that's like a thousand bucks. You know, I've never made a thousand bucks in a week. So that was my, that was my thought process back then. But I think that's where everybody needs to and, and where really everybody starts. I mean, you've got to start thinking of, okay, how do I replace my current income with whatever area I'm moving into and just kind of slowly build yourself up. It doesn't, you know, that's, that's one of my key lessons is perseverance. <laughs> I love it. Does not happen without perseverance. So let's do this. Let's do this for the audience sake, as far as to see both the before and the after. So before your thought process was what? At the beginning of my journey or beginning of the business? At the beginning of the business. What was your, what was your mindset like at the beginning of that? Um, yeah, I think, I think just creating a, uh, an opportunity for myself, uh, creating um, something that that was an idea. It just the the thought process was, um, I think, you can just try to create something that nobody else did, or just start something on my own. I think yeah. it, it wasn't really it wasn't really the thought process wasn't well oh, grow to. X amount of trucks or X amount of revenue. It was just like do something on my own to feel that just to know that I can do it. I think, 
I, I was not worried about growing a business back then. I just wanted to prove kind of to myself. <laughs> How do you maybe, like me now? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. maybe to others that I could do it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that, that's the beginning part. You're basically doing this to survive because you got to have some yeah. kind of an income. Yeah. So then yeah. you've now shifted. And so the beginning part of it is the survival. I just want to prove to somebody that I can actually do something now other than what they told me I had to do. What is the end now that you've gone through after 15 years? What is the thought process and the mindset like now compared to what it was back then? Uh, the, the process now and the, and the thoughts that I have every day is uh, how do I continue to have a impact in the in the kingdom of God? I mean, how can I how can I impact my com- community? How can I impact uh, my family more than I ever thought possible? And that's my extended family and my immediate family. How do I provide a life and um, opportunities to my wife and to my kids that never were on the table for me? Mm. Uh, so and so. Uh, community, family, and then how do I have uh, an impact on my employees and those people directly connected to my businesses? How can we impact them? Because once we can impact them, then they go impact their families. And so from one one thought 15 years ago, because of my mentors, um, because of my faith, now look at the impact that that I could have in my community and to my employees and to my family. So that's off a big, big, one, that's a big shift. Of, yeah. Off of one little nugget 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big, big shift going from basic survival. How do I do it to how do I leave an impact with the individuals that I touch? So there's a lot of lessons inside of there. So what would be something that you would say, how do, how does somebody get themselves from the fact of, Hey, I'm just starting out in my company or maybe they're in the middle of it and they're starting to grow. What would, what's the lessons or things that you would say, Hey, you need to pay attention to this. Or if you're looking back and talking to yourself, pay more attention to this. What are those lessons? Um, I alluded to one a couple of minutes ago. It's perseverance. It's mm-hmm. not easy. I wanted to give up many, many times over the last 15 years. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, getting up every day, consistency, I joke with my wife that consistency is my middle name. And <laughs> if you, if you, if you know me, um, I'm extremely consistent. I do uh, a lot of the same things every day. <laughs> I was in a, I was uh, at a seminar. It was an online seminar over the last Thursday, Friday, last week. But one of the speakers talked about the consistency of a chain. So basically create a link every day and just keep adding onto your chain, never break the chain. Um, so perseverance, consistency. Um, and I think just a, a steadfastness, a, a focused being focused and being grounded to, to your faith. Faith is extremely uh, important to me. You know, in those times when you want to give up, you know, you have to, you have to know your why you have to know your faith. Um, you have to know why am I doing this? Why, why am I dealing with these stresses? Um, yeah, that, that takes into a whole nother, whole nother <laughs> topic, but, but, uh, knowing your why is, is something that you, you have to be grounded in to be able to persevere. 
So you've got perseverance, consistency, steadfastness, and those all sound very similar, but how would somebody put that into practice? What would be something that you would do to be able to make that practically, how would they fit that into their lives? What does it look like? Maybe, maybe that's a better question. What does it look like? Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a schedule. I, I stick to it. Um, get up every day, uh, kind of have my, my morning routine. I always try to get grounded with something in the morning, whether that's reading, whether that's just a time of prayer, meditation, uh, definitely a cup of coffee. <laughs> but I think a, a, a plan and a schedule uh, and, and sticking to that. Uh, mentors, mentors is a, is a big part of Mentors and coaches is a big part of being uh, able to have consistency, uh, someone holding you accountable to get to get things done, uh, to persevere through those hard times. Uh, I hope that answers your question. I, it does. It does. I'm kind of curious on the, co- the coaching and the because this is a question that comes up all the time, because if you're looking just for an accountability, why wouldn't you just go find somebody that you're friends with, uh, somebody that's already inside of your circle? as opposed to hiring a coach or hiring a mentor or hiring somebody like that, what, what, what have you found to be the difference between those two? Well, friends, friends, family members, close people in your life, they're, they're not truly going to hold you accountable. (laughs) Most likely they're gonna, uh, you know, like we talked about our parents, Oh, why don't you just, it's getting tough. Just, just get a job. We don't want to, we don't want you to see you. We don't want you to see you hurt because what a coach does for you, what a mentor does for you is really they allow you to drag yourself through the mud. Uh, they understand the importance of falling down and getting back up. Uh, friends, family, most likely sometimes won't be able to do that for you because they, they don't want to see you hurt or see you get drugged through the mud. So coaches, I'm a testament to uh, Tim Kroll here. He's let me get drug through the mud quite a few times over the last two years but uh but well, see, people love stories so now that you said that i i'm guaranteeing they're going to want to hear a story about that <laughs> oh man i i got some stories i don't know if this is the right spot for some of them tim <laughs> employee stories um yeah all kinds of fun stuff well what what's something that you could share that would help another individual, another business owner, because you've walked through some tough times, I know, and I, I want you to be comfortable with what you share, but um, what's something that another business owner would be able to relate to? A uh, situation that you had, uh, scenario, um, obviously we're not naming any names. We don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but what would be a situation that you could share, circumstances that you could share that you've learned something through that really set a pace for the future and kind of was in essence, the catalyst to start really seeing some big changes in your company. Right. Yeah. I think, well, you know, looking at a whole picture, the number one, the number one key over the last couple of years is, has been culture for me and inside the company is, is the number one thing that I focus on most days is just how to cultivate and build a culture. And two years ago, we did not have a good culture. Uh, We had, Um, some cancerous pieces and what I mean by that is just you know negative negative pieces uh didn't believe in the vision 
um, kind of condescending those types of personalities. And, and when you have those, it's, it's cancer to a, a company and an organization. So your challenge to me was, Hey, dig through these, these people and you have to move on for their good and for the good of the company. Uh, so very hard things to do when you have long-term employees that some days you're like, man, I don't know how I'd ever operate without without these people. Um, well, take us through that because I guarantee you somebody's somebody listening is probably dealing with the same thing because I know in your situation and you have got a huge heart, which is one of the things I admire about you. And so you didn't want to hurt anybody. You didn't want to put anybody yeah. out, but yet at the same time, some of the situations that you were dealing with, it was hurting the whole, but not the individual, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, how did I, you deal with that internally and how'd you come to grips with the fact like, look, I need to do this. Where did, how did that work? Well, I, I think coming to grips that um, are understanding that, Hey, it's not the end of the world. If employees come and go for years, for years, I just thought if I lose, if I lost X employee, it was over. I didn't have any, I didn't have any confidence in, um, being able to retain or bring other people on. So I, I allowed things to happen. I allowed that cancer to just kind of stay there for years because I was too scared that nobody else existed out in the world to, that would want to work for me. Um, so I think first coming to the understanding and grips that there's a lot of people out there and there's really good people out there that really want to work. Yep. and be an impact on someone's company and, and really help them. So I think number one is realizing, hey, that, that one, two, three employees right now that's you know that you have to get rid of because of their poor attitude or poor performance, there's people out there to get. There's really good people out there to get. <laughs> so yeah, I tell you, that's not always everybody's belief because I've had people that have attempted to hire and hire and hire forever and then they still struggle. Yeah. And I think the the number one key in that is is a lot of times you have to unfortunately look back at yourself. Mm -hmm. And were these were these employees or these cancer pieces, were they just not good people? No, they're great people. Most of the problem was me. And that's the hardest part is looking back at yourself and saying, am I a good boss? Do I want to work for myself? What Did I want to work for myself two years ago, three years ago? No, there's no way. Now I'd work for myself <laughs> <laughs> because I, we've been able to adjust and make changes. But that's the hardest thing as a leader sometimes is, is you, you have to look back at yourself. And when I look back at, at these instances that I'm talking about in these employees, I have no hard feelings towards these employees um, because I had to change myself first. And part of me changing part of the process is me allowing these people to move on. They needed to move on for themselves and for me. And then, okay, what do I have to adjust inside myself? And then what do I have to adjust inside my company? to be a better person, a better boss, and I can treat people better moving forward to create a better culture, a longer retention. Um, yeah. So what kind of an impact, 
And, and this is the part I know you're going to be uncomfortable with, but at the same time, I think it's important because the results are, are results because of what you just said, consistently showing up, mm-hmm. having a schedule and sticking to it. The results that you get as far as your revenue, building the culture are because of those daily actions. We understand that. But everybody, and you and I, we talked about this, about the world celebrating the win, right? But what are those results? What have been those results? Not because that we're really putting in and focusing 100% on those results, but yet they're still there. Right. Um, so you're asking me, what are the results? <laughs> so what basically I'm asking you is, I, since you started working for me, you were doing how much per year? And then now you're forecasting to do how much for 2021? Oh, sales? Uh, sales, when, when when I met you, I think we were doing, I don't know, somewhere around 700,000. Um, and this year, I don't know, we, we should be close to 2 million. I mean, we're, we're going to be scratching the service 1.7 to, to 2 million. So okay. And that million. is, just so we're crystal clear, that is 2 million over the 2020 year, which everybody else was really challenged with and having a hard time. You're in Pennsylvania, one of the most lockdown type states. A lot of challenges that happened in 2020, and I'm not going to go into all of that. But we went from 700 to almost two in a year here because of your growth, because of your culture. Not because we tried to gain all these kinds of sales, but because you grew personally, that resulted in the growth in the company. The number one thing, uh, well, I have a sticky note right here on my desk. Uh, to grow, you have to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is the number one key over the last two years. I grew myself. And the number one thing that I did to start that whole process was look at myself. I spent 13 years, I didn't look back at myself. Mm. So um, once I started looking back and saying, okay, where, what are my problem areas? Where do I need to grow? Then the growth outside of myself can happen. Uh, and then that's when, you know, the whole, cult, the whole cult, culture thing really begins to develop because I can have confidence in myself, which then I instill in the team. And then the team has confidence to keep moving forward. So pretty incredible. What's your forecast for 2021 then? Well, 2021, we should be around 2 million. Okay, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're about uh, 1.3 in 2020. Right. Um, And then, yeah, we're we're on pace to hit 2 million. Get up there. Yep. Yeah. So if if there's one thing, and we're going to start wrapping this up here a little bit, but if there's one thing that you would want to share, after everybody listened to everything that you have talked about, your journey and everything, if there's just one thing, what would that one thing is that you, that you would hope that people would take away, implement? What is that one thing that you want them to start working on? Well, I think, you know, I look back and we're talking about the journey. The, the journey for me is, um, man, I never, I never thought, and not that I've reached, reached some pinnacle here of, of success, but I never in my wildest dreams thought that I could um, do what I'm able to do today and be go in the direction that I'm that I'm headed in um and that's financially do way better than what I ever thought I would be have freedom Mm. that I can come and go when I want um and that's priceless so um 
you know, I always thought of myself as just small, tiny little Brett that will never be able to do anything. And to now uh, know the, the impact when you can have momentum and um, tremendous favor and to be able to understand that, hey, you, I know it's cliche, but you can do anything you set your mind to. You literally can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can do anything we want to do. Uh, so when I'm looking back, it's, it's, wow. You know, I, I actually, we actually can do anything we, we set our mind to. So, and that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And again, it comes down to those daily consistent actions. And I think that's probably been the underlying principle of everything that's been happening is what are those daily actions that you can do a little bit at a time, a little bit of an adjustment ends up steering the ship in the right direction. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Brett, I want to say thanks, man. I appreciate this. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, where would you say? How would you have somebody get a hold of you if they wanted to get a hold of you and said, hey, you really touched my life? Uh, Facebook, probably. That's that's the easiest. On Facebook? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, what if Facebook still exists in 2021? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Oh, man. <laughs> Not Twitter. Facebook. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, and I appreciate you showing up and being on here. Um, and we'll see where this goes. And uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, that means that Brett gave me the consent to post this out as a podcast. So. <laughs> All right. So until next time, guys, we appreciate you. We thank you. Uh, man, it's just been such an incredible journey. And I know in 2021, as we kind of push through this next year, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that we are not expecting. And then to be adaptable and to stay consistent in the small things, that is so, so, so important. Uh, but until next time, we'll talk. And uh, again, keep making it the best day that you can. I wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind, where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situation, same scenarios, same challenges, and it gives us a great way to be able to connect, grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.